Blog Talk Radio. Reconnect My Heart radio program, the show that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear our hearts apart. On Reconnect My Heart, we'll discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way that he originally made us. I am your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516 516- Four five three nine one one eight. That's five one six four five three nine one one eight. You can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. Or you can listen or go to our chat room, which is on our website. To ask questions, leave your comments, or leave your prayer request. I would like to say a huge hello, hello, hello to my church family, True Believers Tapanaka Church, where our senior pastor, Pastor Otis Logan. If you're ever in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, 
feel free to come out and worship with us. We are at 4204 Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas, 75216. Like I said, feel free to come out and worship with us. Once again, I would like to say thank each and every one who are listening to this program and thank you for your continued prayers and support. Question. Have you ever wondered if you were born into the wrong family? Well, there are some people who feel closer to their friends than their own family members. Think about this. The Bible tells you how to choose a spouse, how to choose financial investments, how to choose your friends. But nowhere in the Bible does it tell you how to choose your family. So since God did not give you a choice in that matter, he has a purpose and plan in mind. On today's show, we're going to talk about things that can divide or create conflict within the family. What is a dysfunctional family? Tools that can help you fix some family issues and many other things in the episode called Me and My Crazy Family. Hmm. Well, first, in a functional family or in a healthy family, children grow up in a family environment which helps them to feel worthwhile, valuable, important. They learn that their feelings and needs are important and they can be expressed, and they have the freedom to express their feelings. Children growing up in such a supportive environment are likely to form healthy, open relationships in adulthood. But in a dysfunctional family, they may fail to provide for many of the children's emotional and physical needs. Also, the family communication pattern may be cut or limited, and the children's expression of how they feel, their needs are also limited. Children growing up in such a family are likely to develop low self-esteem and feel that their needs, their voice are not important. And they often are not taken seriously. And as a result, they may form unsatisfying relationships as an adult. We want to talk about what are some of the issues that may transpire in a dysfunctional family. One or both parents may be addicts. They could be a drug addict. Alcohol, what about gambling? Even something as overworking. There are times where 
the children are oftentimes having to raise themselves because mom and dad are out of the home or the parents are not active in the children's life, in the rearing of the children. Now, I know that there are times because of society, you know, parents have to work, adults have to work. We're not talking about just an ordinary nine to five. We're talking about those that leave their children unattended and unsupervised by a responsible adult or a responsible teen. So a lot of times the children that are in a dysfunctional family, sometimes they have to grow up fast because they have to take care of the slack and take care of adult issues as a child. There are many children I know that have to tend for their sibling and also sometimes tend to their parent because their parents are drunk. Their parents are high. Their parents might have been out of the house for many days, and they and the children have to take care of the younger kids, having to provide food, shelter, go to the store. Sometimes if they don't have the money to pay for the item, sometimes the older sibling will steal to make sure that their own sibling are taken care of because of the absence of the parent. Also, growing up in an abusive family, that abuse could be physical, where there's fighting, not just the parents are fighting on the children, but also the parents are fighting each other. And oftentimes the children see that. The children sometimes have to intervene because mom and daddy is fighting in front of the children. That is so heartbreaking. The physical abuse, not just, like I said, the parents fighting each other, but also even with the parents fighting on the children. Now, it's one thing with discipline. We're not talking about discipline. We're talking about a full-blown assault, beating up on. There are parents that are now incarcerated because they fight their children. I'm not, like I said, I'm not talking about abuse. We talk, excuse me, I'm not talking about discipline. I'm talking about just playing out, using Weapon to really hurt the children. There's the physical abuse. There's the emotional abuse, or what you would call the verbal abuse, where the adults are putting down the children. Sometimes the adults are putting down each other in front of the children, calling each other names, degrading them, cursing at them, cursing towards them, cursing around them. All those things affect people, not just the adults, but also children too. And one thing we have to remember, words are powerful. Forget that old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. No, words can not only hurt you, but also words can destroy you. Words can destroy you 
from the inside out. Along with the physical abuse, the emotional abuse, or verbal abuse, the other abuse is the sexual abuse. There are some dysfunctional families that have participated in sexual abuse even with their own children, children or stepchildren. And unfortunately, many people, it used to be where we just look at, well, the girl or the daughter was sexually assaulted or abused by the father or stepfather or even the brother. We used to see that very common, but now we see the abuse happening towards the son, the male, and it's not just happening from another male, but also even of the opposite sex. There's been reports of a mother or even a stepmother abusing their own children, their own child, their son or stepson. So it can happen on either sex, male or female. Sometimes we look at it pertaining to the assault of a child, the sexual assault or sexual abuse. But also it does happen within the adults too. The children may try to assault, sexual assault the parent, but also their parents may sexual assault each other or sexual abuse each other. I'm going to say this. Uh, even within marriage, we have to remember sex has to be consensual. If it's not consensual, even if you are married, if it's not consensual, it is considered rape, regardless if you're married or not. So we have to be considered of other people's feelings and realize even though you may be married, even though you may be adults, if they say no, no means no. And any time you go against someone's will, then it is a crime. Also, when a parent locks a child in a closet, or locks them in a room, starve them, deprive them of food, clothing, and shelter, that happens in a dysfunctional family. A lot of times, kids go to school hungry, and unfortunately, what the child hears in the home, the child hears from the parent, listen, whatever goes on in this home stays in this home. And a lot of times the children is suffering in silence. A lot of things transpired and they want to tell, they need to tell, but they're scared to tell because the parent has placed fear into that child. But then also, just realistically, a child does not want to feel like they're getting their parent in trouble. So a lot of times the child has to deal with that inner fight within themselves because of what's transpiring and they're scared to tell someone what's going on in their own home. 
So there are a lot of kids that deal with those type of issues growing up in a highly active criminal family. There's a lot of things that transpire, and we've seen, we've seen, we've heard, not just uh, on the movies, but also even there now people have talked, have spoken about uh, growing up in a mafia family. There are some things that people have seen, uh, if you want to say mafia, or even sometimes in a gang. There's a lot of kids or a lot of people have grown up seeing things in their home or sometimes in their environment. And those things are not healthy. And unfortunately, when that's all they see, that's all they're introduced to, Unfortunately, the abnormal becomes normal to them. So when we look at it, we have to see and understand what can we do to help bring function out of a dysfunctional family. Now, just looking at it like this. We have to realize when it starts off with the childhood, the parents have to be responsible and realize that the children sees and mimic what their parents do. So if the children see mom and daddy fighting or they see daddy doing something or they see mama doing something, Oftentimes, in the child mind, they feel that, well, because mom and dad is doing it, that means that it's right. Even though it may be wrong, but in the, in the child's eyes, a father or a mother would not do any wrong. And if you notice, matter of fact, uh, I've heard, matter of fact, we went out and uh, my uncle went out to eat. And while he was there, my uncle being a black man, while he was there, he was at a restaurant, and there was this little kid say, hey, mama, look at that N-word. Little kid, little white kid, hey, mama, look at that N-word. And the mother just looked. And, of course, my uncle looked at him. And, where you get that? Well, mama, that's what, that's what we say at home. That's what we call black people. And, see, you can't get mad at that child. That child was only doing was practiced within the home. And unfortunately, or I just say fortunately, it was exposed out of the home because that child did what he saw within the home. And what we have to remember, what goes on in the home, eventually it will come out. So if it's so if it's something that a child sees, regardless if it's in your eyesight, it may be right. But when it come out of the home, that will actually let you know if it's right to do or not. And most of the time, people know what's right from wrong. Just be honest. People know what's right from wrong. But what they do, they feel like because it's in my home, whatever goes on in my home is what's right. I'm the king of my house. That's what we've heard most of the guys say. I'm the king of my house. So whatever goes on in my house, 
Not only it stays in my house, but whatever goes on in my house, that's what goes on in my house. So, when it comes down to the children, we have to realize children are very impressionable. Children watch, children observe, not just the parents, but also what the parents allow. If there's some favoritism, especially in a big family like myself, I come from a family of five children. And so when children see that things are allowed in their home through other siblings, they see that there's favoritism. Children are not blind. Children are not dumb or naive. A lot of times they just don't know how to express what they see or what they feel at that time. But eventually they may come out and explain it in a way where we as adults can understand it. But if a child sees some type of favoritism uh, towards the other siblings, they can pick up on that. So we have to be very careful and not show any quote-unquote favoritism, but also we should not compare our our children to one another. That can cause a division and that can cause jealousy amongst the siblings. In the Bible, in Genesis, we hear about the story of Joseph. Joseph was planned and plotted to be killed by his own brothers. But why is that? His brothers were jealous because his father, Jacob, or their father, Jacob, was showing favoritism and gave Joseph a coat of many colors. Now, when we look at it, Joseph's mother was Rachel. Joseph's father loved Joseph's mother, Rachel. But the other brothers did not have Rachel as their mother. Their mother was Leah, which was Rachel's sister. Joseph did not love her. He loved Rachel. And so when we look at it, because of the father's love for one mother over the other, he favored the child of the of the mother that he loved. He favored that one over the other one, which he placed more love or more, if you want to say, emphasis on Joseph and not the other children. So even how we treat, especially in a blended family, because now we live in a day of time where a lot of time, a lot of children don't have the same parents. So now there's a merging of families because of divorce or separation or breakup, whatever you want to call it. So when it comes down to a merging family or a blended family, we have to be careful not just on how we treat the adult, the, if you want to call it, parents, the baby mother, baby father, whatever you want to call it. We actually have to watch how we treat the children. We can't show favoritism because what happens, 
like I said, it can cause a conflict within the siblings. And we have to remember, there are sibling rivalries that can happen where they end up fighting or even wanting to do harm to each other. Like I stated, with Joseph, Joseph's brothers wanted to kill him, plotted to kill him. Of course, look at Cain. Cain killed his brother Abel. And also, even looking at it in today's time, back in 99, there was a singer named Roger Troutman, great singer, but he was killed by his own flesh and blood brother, Larry. And even though Larry killed his brother, but what happened, it not only caused a conflict amongst, of course, them, but also their offspring. Now, Roger's children, they have a conflict or they have had a conflict with Larry's children. And so what we don't realize, when there's a favoritism, that can cause a whole backlash. So we have to be careful in how we treat the children, especially with a blended family. But also, like I stated earlier, we have to remember when it comes down to the family and growing up, anytime that we hear about, well, that's just our family secret, those type of things may not be healthy because things happen and a lot of times they say there are a lot of, like I stated earlier, the abuse, uh, a lot of incest that might have transpired. And unfortunately, because those things happen, a lot of times people don't take the proper steps to get help for that victim. A lot of times because it happened within the family, instead of the adult listening and seeking help, professional help. Now, I do want to say this disclaimer. Number one, I am not a licensed physician, and I recommend the words and comments are exp- that are expressed right now. These are just advice, but I'm not diagnosing anyone. So what I would suggest, make sure you seek counsel. Make sure you seek professional help and licensed physician. And realize this, just because you do seek a professional help, that does not mean that you ain't saved. That does not mean that you're weak or weak Christian. That doesn't mean that you're lacking the faith. No, there are ministers in medicine or there are ministers that practice counseling, licensed physicians that can that can help you in serious issues. And these are one of the cases where a lot of times a license, a Christian licensed physician is needed. So when it comes down to a lot of things that may have transpired where there might have been um, sexual abuse within the family or something like that, it's not the need to say, well, you know, but just, just, just let it go. Just let the past be the past. You don't tell no child, and I don't care what age, a child could be 
7 or 17. Those issues can scar a person. And it is our responsibility to make sure that they get help. So in order for them to get the help that they need, they have to seek a licensed physician. They have to seek professional help. And unfortunately, I'm just be honest with you. Unfortunately, many adults, instead of allowing them to take the proper steps to get professional help, to get true healing, unfortunately, either they have masked well, like I said, just brush it off, or they end up getting someone that is not licensed and someone that does not practice that type of situation. I'm going to tell you like this. Those that know me, number one, not only being a minister, but me believe in the power of prayer and everything. But even if you go seek help from a pastor, unless he's licensed, a licensed counselor, I will recommend you make sure that you deal with someone that is a licensed physician. Sometimes the adults take it upon themselves and talk to someone that even though they may know that person, but that person is not equipped to help the situation that's going on or that that person had dealt with, that child had dealt with. So just taking that child to church and let them talk to the preacher is, is not actually the proper step. And I'm going to tell you this, it's our responsibilities as ministers to let people know that we're not equipped, a lot of them are not equipped to help in that field. Now, there are some ministers who are a licensed physician also, and those people, they may be able to help uh, even diagnose, even um, take courses to help that child or that adult whoever it was, to deal with that issue. But if you're not qualified to help that family, we as ministers, it is our responsibility, it is our legal responsibility and biblical responsibility to let the family know and to help them get the help that they need because it is our responsibility. So when it boils down to it, we have to help. We have to help the family. We can't allow our ego or our pride to deny them proper help when we are not qualified for that. But also we have to remember this. Wounded children become wounded adults, and wounded adults can destroy themselves and other people. So if the situation is not fixed or dealt with, then time will not heal the wound. And I know many people have said that uh, in the past, you know, well, you know, everything will be all right. Just, uh, you know, just, just let it go. See, just go on with your life. Time heal wound. No, it doesn't. Time does not heal wound. It's what you're doing that time. That was heal wound. And also remember this, even though that, that person is a child. 
and they grow up to be an adult, if they never address the situation or did they not get the help that was needed, even though that's a full-grown adult, but emotionally, they may be stuck in that same age that whatever situation occurred. We have to remember this. If we don't fix it, if we don't fix it, it won't be fixed. I know that sounds crazy, but we have to not wait on time to heal what God placed us responsible to do, and that's to get the help that is needed or to help people to get the help that is needed. So when it boils down to it, it is our responsibility to help. So now moving from childhood onto adulthood, A lot of time, even with the adults, and that that could be a teenager in their 20s or whatever, as an adult, a lot of times what we dealt with in our childhood, if it's not fixed, it lingers from our childhood to our adulthood, or even we deal with some of the consequences that have transpired. I think about this. There's a professional wrestler that I love dearly. His name is Jake Snake Roberts. And what happened, think about this. His father is also his grandfather. Let me say that again. His father slept with his daughter. And the daughter became pregnant. And as a result of the daughter being pregnant, she was impregnated by her own daddy. And the offspring was Jake Roberts. So Jake's father is actually his mother's father. So you think about those type of things that transpire, and that can actually mess with your mind. But you think about you think about the mother. You think about Jake's mother. Think about her being a teenager or an adult, a young adult. Think about what she has to deal with. And if those things are not treated, there can be an emotional wound that's in your life, that's in your heart, that'll prevent you from actually growing and being mature the way that God intends you to be. And so when it boils down to it, not only in those issues, but also when you look at it, a lot of times as adults, we have the family, and when I'm saying family, not just pertaining to our siblings, our brothers and sisters, but also it can even pertain to cousins or close cousins or whatever. When you look at it, a lot of times, there are some people that will use you, that will steal from you, that will lie to you, a lie on you, even if you are related to them. See, there are people, they, I don't, it doesn't matter to them who you are. If they see an opportunity to get over, they will, regardless if you're family or not. But unfortunately, a lot of times what messes us up 
is we let our guards down because they are family. Now, it's supposed to be where you trust people. But regardless if they are family, we still have to keep our guards up. Let me say it like this. Think about it. With friends, friends, you build relationships, you communicate, you build trust, and you have each other's best interests at heart. But with family, sometimes we're not taught the same principles and the same values. And so, unfortunately, what happens, we think because that, hey, look, they're my family, that we can automatically trust them. And, unfortunately, we're the ones that get messed over. We have to remember that even though they may be blood-related to us, that does not give us the right to let our guards down. One of the things I always say, trust does not have to be given. Trust is not supposed to be given. Trust is supposed to be earned. No matter who they are, regardless if it is friends or family, trust has to be earned. And if they're not responsible enough to earn your trust, they're not responsible enough to be in your inner circle or be in your heart. I didn't say be in your life. You can deal with people from afar. So when it boils down to it, we have to make sure that if their characteristic proves to be shysty, proves to be cunning, Regardless if they're related to us or not, we have to keep them at an emotional distance. So no matter what, they may be offensive to some people, but it's the right thing to do. Remember, trust has to be what? Trust has to be earned. And people have to earn the right to be in your inner circle. And once they earn their right, then it's okay. You can keep them around unless they violate your trust. And even those who may violate your trust, you for, you can forgive them. And it is our responsibility to forgive those who may try to use us, who may try to harm us. It is our responsibility to forgive them. And remember this, forgiveness is not for them, but forgiveness is for you. It helps you. But even though you may forgive them, that does not mean that you have to trust them, especially trust them at the level that they were before they broke your trust. So we have to we have to keep that at a distance. If someone break your heart or if someone mistreat your heart or your trust, we have every right to keep up barriers on our heart towards them. Does that mean that you ain't saved? No, it doesn't. That means that you're being wise. The Bible does tell us to be wise as a serpent, but harmless as a dove. But also the Bible tells us to lay hands suddenly on no man, which means don't be quick to give people your trust. Trust has to be earned. 
The other thing what we have to remember is when it boils down to it, as an adult, we have to make sure that we keep prayer in mind. We have to be prayerful and ask God to help us have that spirit of discernment to recognize even family. Because if we let our guards down because they say that we're a family, or if we let our guards down because they say, hey, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, you're allowing yourself to be hurt. You're allowing yourself to be used. So we have to keep our spiritual guards up in our antennas, our alert buttons on high because they can hurt you. They can emotionally hurt you. They can put harm to you. And also remember this, just because, just because they are family, we still have to love them. But that does not mean that we have to trust them. Hmm. So when it's all said and done, we just have to make sure to do the right thing. And if you get this eerie feeling, if you, you know, we always call it, well, that intuition, I, I felt something. My gut feeling told me we, we need to listen to that because a lot of times God may be trying to tell us something and we override it with our emotions. And it's nothing personal. You can't let your emotions dictate what you or how you handle your family. You have to keep it business-wise because you are supposed to protect yourself. You have to look out for yourself. You have to look out for your best interest. But also realizing that even though there may be family, and there are some family members that we may love dearly, but if they're not responsible enough, we have to exhibit tough love. There are some family members that we know that might have been incarcerated or who may have been on drugs or alcohol or whatever. Just because they're family like I say, we're not supposed to let our guards down. We have to understand we're not dealing with a healthy family member. If they are into substance abuse, we have to recognize it's that substance abuse that is controlling them. It's that substance that is controlling them, that narcotic or that alcohol is not really our family member, even though it's physically our family. But their mentality, their thinking, their logic is not really them. It is stimulated by that drug or by the alcohol. So we have to make sure that we recognize who we're dealing with. And what's going to really help us is if we accept who we're dealing with. Because a lot of times, the reason why we get messed over pertains to family because we're not accepting who we're dealing with. We, we see it. We see the red flag, but we keep overriding it. And that's the reason why we keep being used, sometimes by the same individual or by the same type of individual. So we have to be responsible enough to recognize if they're into drugs, if they're into alcohol, or even sometimes they may not be into any of those things, but sometimes they're logic the way they think. They'll, they become codependent upon someone uh, you try to help them. Let's just say you try to help them to pay rent or something like that. And because of their mismanagement, they're wasting what we give them. 
So sometimes we have to exhibit tough love and realize, hey, look here, I love you, but I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm not here to support you and them. I'm here to support you, but because of your mismanagement, I have to pull the reins and not give you what I used to give you. It's almost like you have to re-raise them or baby them. And you can't allow people to give you a guilt trip. Oh, because, you know, you family, you my family. Oh, hey, you supposed to be a Christian. You supposed to be saved. None of that matters. That's a trick that they trying to con you on. That's what you call deception. That's what you call someone trying to play with your emotions, trying to take your kindness for weakness. You can't allow them to get to you that way. You have to keep it business. Anytime someone tries to play with your emotions, those are the main ones you need to watch, even if they are your family. So you have to ask God to help you to be prepared to handle those kind of situations. So the other thing that can actually uh, cause conflict or even uh, within a family uh, dysfunction, it can cause a dysfunction within the family. Sometimes death, sometimes the death of a parent. And whenever they have to divide a will, um, that actually, I heard, and I think I, both of my parents are still alive, but I've seen and heard in so many different families. It could be a parent or it could be a grandparent. It could be someone that has some possessions. A lot of times they say death brings the ugliness out of people. The death of a family member can bring the ugliness out of people because now people are trying to compete. Well, you know, you know your grandmama loved me more. Uh, you know, granddaddy loved me more. Uh, that, that that was his favorite trip, and, and, and I was told to have that. Instead of dividing equally, sometimes, I'll, I'll just say like this, not just equally, but sometimes it even pertains to the type of relationship you had with the deceased, regardless if it was your parent, grandparent, or whatever. You have to look at the relationship. Also, with the child, how much did the child or siblings, how much did they invest in whatever that is remaining? Sometimes when you have to do things the right way, sometimes you have to get the legal, the uh, attorneys involved, the lawyers involved to make sure that the best interest of the deceased was taken care of, taken care of, and what's rightfully yours that you get. But sometimes you see that family member. They went to go see Big Mama in 30 years, and then all of a sudden Big Mama is deceased, and that family member or that Big Mama's son or daughter who ain't even seen their own parent in 40 years, now here they come. They want to show up at the funeral, and now they feel like they are entitled to have or whatever portion of how many children that Big Mama had. They feel like, hey, well, I'm entitled to it because that was my mama. That was my mama. But you didn't invest anything. And sometimes, like I said, they can bring the ugliness in the family. It can expose, it can actually expose what's really in that person's heart. Sometimes the glue 
within the family, once they leave, that's when sometimes the family falls apart. So we have to be mindful of that. So with that, moving on from the adulthood, look at it as a single person that's an adult now wanting to date. You have to look at, if you want to date, you have to look at this person, if you you have your eye on someone, you just can't check out that person. You have to check out that person's family. Because I'm going to tell you like this. When you're dating someone and dating, planning to marry, you're not just going to be marrying that person. You're going to be marrying within that family. So if that family is dysfunctional, you can't say, well, you know what? But you my wife now and try to cut them off from their family or vice versa pertaining to the wife or the girlfriend saying, well, you're going to be my husband now, so your family crazy, and I don't want you to deal with your family. No, 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 no. That's their family. So when it comes down to dating and you examining their family, you have to look at, you know what? How are they behaving? Are there any secrets? You know, is this something I can tolerate? That's the main thing. Now, I'm not saying you can't date this person, but you have to look at and whoever you choose to date to marry, you have to look at, is this something I can accept? Because when you say I do, you're not only saying I do to who they are, who they becoming, but also who they were. And when you saying I do, you saying I do, you include yourself, you include them, and you include their family. And you have to look at it that way. So when it boils down to it, what is your tolerance level? What is something you can accept? What is your cutoff? What is your deal breaker? And if it's your deal breaker, then you have to be responsible enough to say, you know what, before this going any further, uh, I can't handle this and just let it go. Don't wait until y'all married and then 10, 15, 20 years later, after y'all have been married for all those years, now you come back, well, your family crazy. I never want to deal with them, blah, 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 blah. Uh-uh, no, 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 no. You knew they were crazy when you said, I do. But because of you and your impatience of sometimes you just looking out for yourself, you felt like, oh, well, you know, it's okay. I can handle it. And you might have been looking at what you can get out of the deal. But you have to be responsible enough to say, you know what? Let me examine everything while we're courting. You have to look at how can I see myself within this family? Do I see myself within this family? Is this a family that I can accept? A family that mm, I say that can that I can function with. If you can, then hey, great. If you can't, then you need to be responsible enough to say, I can't accept this. So when you look at it, 
you have to look at if you do date this person, if you do marry this person, you have to look at, or even in your dating, in your courtship, you have to look at, you know what? This type of person, this might this might be a nice person, a kind person, but if their family is dysfunctional, if we plan on having children, they are not just my in-laws, but they're going to be my child's grandparents or uncle or aunt. You have to look at it like that, too. Because I'm going to be honest with you. There are some people you don't need to breed with. You know, we look at animals, how different different animals, uh, I, I say different breeds, don't need to mix together. That's the same way we must look at individuals. There are some people, look here, you don't need to be breeding with. <laughs> so if you already know that you shouldn't be breeding with them, then you don't need to marry them. If you plan on having children or if you want children, hey, look here, you got to look at the best interest of yourself and your future children. Because if you already know that that person that you're dating and you know that they have a lot of men that are flirtatious, a lot of men that have been known to sexually abuse other women, even within their family, if you have a daughter, if you plan on having a baby and you having a daughter, then you are exposing your child into that atmosphere. So you have to you have to think about it. Not just how they were raised or looking at what type of family that they're coming from, what type of family that they have. But also, what are their values? What are their family values? Do they have healthy values? First of all, you have to see if you grew up in a healthy family, you have to look at, okay, well, this is a healthy family. I had a healthy family. Or even there might have been some, let's say, some issues within your family. But if it's been resolved, if there have been some professional help, then that's fine and dandy. Because if you look at it, there are many families, many families, many families that have had issues, but it's been settled. They've had issues, but they seek professional help. I don't know too many, quote unquote, families that have not had issues, or if you want to say a quote unquote perfect family. So the thing is, whatever issue that might have transpired within your family, Make sure that it's set to rest. So when it boils down to it, we have to look at if this is the type of person that I see myself with for the rest of my life, and can this person help us? Can this person help me to have a healthy family, a functioning family? And I'm going to tell you this. There are some people that grew up in a broken home. There are some people that grew up in a dysfunctional family. But when they got help or when they allowed God to come in and help them and heal them and taught them how to be a responsible adult, then they broke a lot of that generational curse. See, when it boils down to it, 
whatever transpired in your home, you don't have to carry that over into your family. You don't have to. You can get help that is needed, and also God can help you to be able to make sense with make sense of whatever transpired. Think about this. I often say this because a lot of times when I was saying earlier about forgiving them, a lot of times you have to remember there are some people that you have to love from afar. You can love them. You can forgive them. You can want the best for them and still move on without them. Hmm. But also remember this. If you are covering up for your family, you're wrong. A lot of times there's a lot of people because of, uh, but that's my family, or that's my cousin, that's my brother, or what about that? Remember this. Wrong is wrong, and we're not supposed to support anybody in their wrongdoing, regardless of their family or not. You don't support family in their wrong. You support what is right. In other words, morals always come first. And anytime you telling lies to protect someone you love, it will only destroy them in the end. So the main thing we have to remember, even though they are family, we can love them. We can want the best for them. But we still have to treat them and love them from a distance. But the other issue I want to say as I get ready to wrap it up, the other thing I want to bring up, a lot of times we may not have the desired family that we want. And what happened, God loved us enough. He would not only help us to deal with our family, even if they are dysfunctional. But what happened, God was send substitutes to help us to replace those who are either not right or those who had abandoned us. It could be a father, it could be a mother, it could be a sibling. There's a lot of sibling robberies that are going on. But even if somebody abandons you or rejects you or shuts you out, God can send replacements to help you to fill in the gap of whoever that has left you. Think about this. I always think about this. You think about an appliance. If an appliance have a cord that is too short to reach the socket, do you throw away the appliance? No, you don't. What happens Think about us as an appliance. We may have a short cord, and we may not be able to reach that wall socket to get the power to help us as the appliance to work and work properly or to function properly. But get this. God loves us enough, even in spite of us having a quote-unquote short cord, God loves us enough to bring an extension cord. God would dispatch a an extension cord to help us link on our appliance to the wall socket. And so those extension cord are people 
that we call friends. God will dispatch people that will stick closer to us than a brother, than a mother. God will dispatch people in our lives that are trusting, that have earned our trust and respect. And so when you look at it, when you allow God to come into your life and you accept him as your Lord and Savior, we have to think about this. Even if we did not grow up in a healthy family, because now we are in God's family, God will place brothers and sisters. Think about it. In church, we call each other what? Brothers and sisters. And so when God has cleansed you and you have been you have accepted him in your life as your family, what happens? God would change your spiritual DNA. Regardless of your biological father and his DNA, God would change your biological DNA into a spiritual DNA where he put in his spiritual DNA. And now you have a family, you have a community, you have a network of people that love you, that respect you, even if mom and dad or cousin or sister or brother was not there, God would dispatch people to help you in your time of, not just in your time of need, but even in your time of want. And we have to remember that God loves us enough to do that for us, to help us along our way. So no matter what transpired, we have to realize God loves us. God appreciate us and also realize no matter what, no matter what has transpired, God can help us in any and every situation that we have dealt with. So just think about every time you look around and you might not be happy with your family. Number one, you remember that you pray for them, you forgive them, but also remember the extension card of the friends are these spiritual brothers and sisters that God had blessed into your life. Remember this. There are some people you can be related by blood or you can be related by love. So realize how much God loves you and how much he has for you. And he loves you enough to send people to help you along this way. But no matter what, we have to make sure that we accept what we're dealing with, and who we're dealing with pertaining to our family. And also remember this, we have to we have to seek help in whatever issue that may have transpired in our life. Why? Because we repeat what we don't repair. So no matter what, no matter what it is, no matter what issue it is you may have dealt with growing up, or even just in the household that you grew up in, Realize God can help you, God can heal you, and he can remove any remnant pertaining to whatever you dealt with. And he can use it for a testimony. So know that how much God loves you and God has the best for you. God has your best interest in mind. And he loves you enough to be there to help you along the way. So no matter what, allow God to come in and heal you of any and everything that might have transpired in your life. Like I said, being family is determined more by behavior, 
than by blood. So no matter what happens, no matter what transpires in your life, you can give it to God. And also remember this, some small healthy steps. Some things that you can do, you can write down those things that might have transpired, some issues you might be dealing with, or maybe some issues that might have been in your family. You can write them down and talk to someone. Like I said, get some professional help. And also realize that there are some things that you might be healed. There might be some things you might overcome instantly. But then there are other things that it may take a process. So the main thing for you remember, number one, don't beat yourself up if it seems like things are dragging or going slow. Or you might not be at the pace that, or at the level that you desire. But no matter what, you continue to do the right thing, the healthy thing, and ask God to help you, to cleanse you. And also realize that making a list of the behaviors, the beliefs, that what you dealt with, uh, that you would like to change next to each item on that list. Write down the behavior, the beliefs uh, that you would like to change, but also pick one of the items on your list and begin practicing a healthy alternative behavior or belief. Choose the easiest item first. Once you are able to do the alternative behavior more often than the original, then pick another one. Just keep going down the list. Keep going down the list. But also, don't beat yourself up. And even some of the things that may have transpired in your life where you might have been the victim in your family. Number one, don't look at yourself as you were the cause of it. Don't blame yourself. And as many times, many kids that might have dealt with things growing up, and they end up making excuses for the parent or whatever, the sibling, behavior. Well, daddy beat me because I was bad or I deserved it. And that just pertains to physical abuse or even if the sibling, the sibling might have been some sexual abuse that might have transpired. We have to recognize those things are not your fault. Realize that you're more valuable than just being a quote-unquote piece of meat. No, you have value, you have worth, you have purpose. And listen, that was not your fault. Realize that that was the trick of the devil. The devil might have gotten to that family member. And no matter what, please, no matter how long it's been, seek help. I want to encourage those people who may be listening, who might have been a victim of that. Please seek professional help. And so as we get ready to pray, whatever your needs and concerns are, we want you to give everything to God. No matter how long it's been, no matter how constant it's been, God can heal you from any and everything and also allowing this to be a testimony to others to let other people know what God can do, God can heal anybody from. And there's nothing too hard for God. And realize you still have purpose. You still have value. And know that there's nothing that God can't do for you. And of those people who may have other prayer requests, we can give that to God right now. 
If you're looking for a job, if you need help, you might have a troubled child. Put them in the hands of God. You might have some 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 thoughts that may be in your mind that you feel troubled all the time. There may be some things, some insecurity. There might be some holes in your heart you need to give to God. Realize that Jesus said, cast all of our curves upon him for he curves for you. This is God's word. Cast all of our cares, our anxieties, our worries upon him for he cares for us. Affectionately, fervently, he cares. Also, those people who may be listening who may not be saved. Romans 10 and 9 tell us that thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ your Savior and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart men believe unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So no matter what your life was, realize Jesus paid the price for you. Dear Father, we're coming to you right now. Thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We're coming to you right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for being the great I am. We thank you, Lord, for being everything to us. God, we ask you, Lord, to help us, God, in every aspect of our life. And we ask you, Lord, to forgive us if there's anything that we've said or done or thought or felt that was unlike you, God. And, Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness and we receive your forgiveness. God, we thank you, Lord, for another chance, God. We thank you, Lord, for your grace, for your mercy, God. God, we ask you, Lord, to help, God, those who may have grew up in a dysfunctional family, God. We speaking, God, that you break every generational curse right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we speaking, God, that you help them, God, even though their family might not have taught them the right way, God. But, God, we speaking, God, that you help them, God, and teach them the right way, God. God, whatever they might have lacked in that home, God. God, we speaking, God, that you implement, God, whatever they have lacked, God. If it's love, if it's respect, God, if it's their self-identity, God, whatever they're lacking, God, we speaking, God, that you fill in the gap, God, that you fill in the void right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we speaking, God, that you help them, God, to forgive, God, and move beyond and live beyond the pain or the hurt that might have transpired in their growing up, God. In the name of Jesus. And say about everything you stand for, about every problem, about every confusion right now. In the name of Jesus, say to take your hands off of God's people. You and I trespass on God's property right now. In the name of Jesus, we speaking for healing. We speaking for wholeness. We speaking purpose right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we speaking, God, that a great testimony come from this right now. In the name of Jesus, what the devil meant for evil, God, you will spin it and turn it for our good right now. In the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we're not going to wait for us to see deliverance or see change to celebrate. God, we're going to celebrate right now. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, God. There may be some, God, who may be listening, God, who may be sick, God, touch and heal their body right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, touch their mind, regulate their mind, God. God, those who may who need a physical healing, God. God, we speaking of that you continue to heal, God. Bring healing, bring deliverance, God. God, who, those who may be addicts, God. Those who may be on drugs, God. Those who may be on alcohol, God. Those who may be behaving in a way that's unlike you, God. We speaking, God, that you bring healing and victory in their lives right now. In the name of Jesus. And Satan, we bind everything you stand for. You will have no trespassing on God's property right now. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do right now. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I want to thank each and every one who tuned in and listened to this program. I want everyone to know that I thank y'all for listening. 
feel free to contact me on Facebook on Brother Prater. You can read my daily devotions, my videos, which are also on my page. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Brother Prater. Or you can go to my website at www.brotherprater.org. You will see my daily devotions and upcoming events and personal appearances. Also, you can go to the store section of my website. You can go to the store section of my website and you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to applaud the fathers who are taking care of their responsibilities to educate and challenge those who are not, to give single women a way to identify the qualities of a potential future husband and a father to present and future children. I want to thank each and every one who tuned in and listened to the program. Thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart radio program. God bless you and good night.